Welcome to the Pop Culture Cosmos. And we're back with another episode of the State of Pro Wrestling for the Pop Culture Cosmos. Truly appreciate you joining us. If you can, please give us that five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, if you could like, share, subscribe. Subscribe today to our YouTube or Facebook channels to get the latest notifications on when we go live on the air with a another state of pro wrestling. Of course, inside sports, fantasy football, pop culture, cosmos, PC multiverse, and all the great things that we do right here at the pop culture cosmos. But it wouldn't be a state of pro wrestling without my good friend, my tag team partner, indeed. He is the mastermind behind everything that he does with the PVD cast. It is, again, the masked man, the man from uh, Parts Unknown, per se, <laughs> Mr. John Orlando. And John, great to have you back. Uh, funny how nothing goes on in the WWE again, wow. just so slow. Yeah, I got again. you. Hey, right. if you're my if you're my tag partner, do you have the tag rope in hand? I do. I do okay. indeed. I'm holding on to it, but unfortunately, today, because with all the news going down, we cannot do as originally planned for this month a promo for you and I. So unfortunately, that was planned for this month. We're gonna have to save that for another month where you and I do a pro- full promo as a tag team together. So. Unfortunately, that's not going to be the case because so much news has come down in WWE. I was talked about it with you before we went on the air. There's not a whole lot going in on pop culture right now. I, I do want to go ahead and big, give a big shout out to Apple TV Plus for finally restarting season two of the best show that's out there in Severance. So finally getting that show back underway. But I do want to go ahead and mention there's not a whole lot going on in pop culture right now. So with that being said, the only place that there is something going on is the WWE, my friend, for both bad and good. And before we get into the major news in regards to the company itself, uh, we do have to go to the guy that helped shape that company to what it is today. Uh, the executive chairman of TKO, the guy that was the, what, uh, yes, number 1A, number 2A, whatever you say as far as in the company. Vince McMahon, the former owner of the WWE, World Wrestling Entertainment, and still it's one of its major, if not the major shareholder. Uh, I just guess if you've seen the news already in the past few days, some serious allegations have come down as part of a civil lawsuit uh, that has been put against him. Uh, John Laurinaitis, who was head of talent relations at one time for WWE, and also as well the WWE as well. I don't know if you've heard or read the transcript of uh, the allegations at hand. I have. I have. I have too. I wish I hadn't, to be honest with you. They're very disturbing. Uh, they're some of the most disturbing things I have actually heard and read in loud in a. Uh, public transcript as far as that's concerned it's it's very troubling it's not for the weak of heart uh as far as what this woman if the allegations are correct which you know they're, they're pretty detailed they're pretty graphic and they're pretty uh you know backed up with a lot of texts and other things to support her claims so uh my heart goes out to this woman uh in regards i'm not gonna you know publicize anymore for her protection and safety i know that her name's out there already and all that 
you know, if you want to go into more in the case and all that in specifics, you know, you just have to Google or, or Bing it out there. But uh, these are very troubling, very troubling accusations that were made. They're very troubling statements that were made by her and her attorney. Uh, and, uh, you know, after finally you know, getting some pressure with some law sponsorships that uh, were did come back just in time for the Royal Rumble, uh, in regards to Slim Jim, primarily, uh, Vince McMahon uh, decided to decided to resign, and amidst all this that's going on, but yeah, this is some very troubling accusations, some very troubling things that were said, my friend, and I definitely want to hear your thoughts about this because this looks like finally the end for Vince McMahon because he does not have the same pathway to come back to WWE that he once did. I have to say that I absolutely was um, shocked and stunned after reading the transcripts that, that to me is what horrified me. And just, just honestly, I, I actually had no words to describe what I had read to other folks uh, when, when discussing the topic, look, there's a pattern of behavior here. So yes, innocent till proven guilty in a court of law is what we have here in our democracy. And by all means, these are allegations. There hasn't been any quote proof end quote or solid, uh, solid proof that is, but look, there's a pattern of behavior because there's, you know, we know the, uh, and I don't remember her last name. Is it uh, uh, Rita Chatter Chatterton? Or Chatter Chatterton uh, was another individual. There are several individuals, and it, it leads to a pattern, like you said, of someone who feels that he's in power and is in control, and feels like he could do anything that he wants to. Yeah, absolutely. And and to me, I think that that's where, you know, again you can start believing some of these allegations because it's a pattern of behavior. And, and I do, I also feel bad for that young lady because certainly nobody uh, I'm sure she didn't think that things were going to end up doing or spiraling out of control to an extent as it did. I, I don't know. It's a big mess. Um, my question is in TKO within TKO who knew uh, when do they know? Was it before the merger? After the merger? What's the what's going to be the uh, consequences for those individuals? And the same goes in WWE. But I, to me, I'm more concerned about, or no, more curious about, I should say, you know, the other side of TKO, the the Endeavor or UFC or whatever you would like to call it. Like, what's their perspective on this situation? I agree, it's, and it's just a shame. Because, you know, there are grounds here uh, if they want to pursue it, not just for a civil case, but, you know, as it's going on right now, as far as litigation is concerned and the lawsuit there, but for criminal, mm -hmm. uh, there's reports and, and accusations of trafficking. Uh, there's, uh, you know, uh, uh, I mean, rape, you know, the, just some really serious stuff that's going on down here in these allegations and. I think that the authorities should look into this, look into this strongly. But the bigger question is also as well, not just, to, you know, because the future for Vince McMahon is done in sports entertainment. It's done. It's absolutely done. We didn't think that would be done before because, you know, he got his way back in as the, when, when all these accusations, all these things were quiet under an NDA 
and supposedly a $3 million payout, which didn't get fully paid, which led to this lawsuit before the first time. But he has no direct pathway now because he has no longer control of the day-to-day operations for the WWE. Well, I was going to ask you, I, I assume that uh, Ari Emanuel would be the one of those obstacles that Vince would have to, um, I don't know, apologize to or sweet talk or whatever verbiage you want to use, but he would be one of the obstacles to, to getting back in the company, correct? That's correct. Well, he's the one that put him in that position after the buyout of the WWE by TKO in the first place. So he gets a lot of criticism because this is not something that didn't go on before. This is something that you and I both know has been taking place. A lot of this takes place in 21, 22, if I'm not mistaken. So this stuff, this stuff happened before TKO purchased the WWE. So Ari Emanuel knew something was going on in the background, yet put Vince McMahon in this, in this place. So he deserves a little bit of the you know eye-rolling, head-scratching blame on this one as far as keeping him in that, that position. But also as well, you know, who in the WWE knew about this was going on? Because this has been a pattern for a long time for Vince McMahon as the number of women who have uh, either come forward or been known about as far as behind the scenes. Scandal seems to be something that has gone on continuously with the WWE, whether it's steroids, uh, the Ring Boy scandal from many years ago. Just It's just something where it's a culture a culture that was there perpetuated by a lot by, you know, I'm just, you know, assuming now uh, by Vince McMahon. And this is something that that's an environment that has to be gotten rid of. And anyone that's associated with it, that knew about it, that perpetuated it, that helped uh, facilitate it, or even was uh, cognizant of it and did nothing needs to be cleansed out, needs to be gone. It needs to be, gone so that the wwe product can move forward your thoughts john well you you took the words right out of my mouth it's the wwe product that i am concerned about as well because as reports have been uh coming out today brock lesnar was supposed to be in the royal rumble he was yanked he was yanked braun breaker took his spot there because he was listed as part of the allegations as well yes correct he was he was part of this whole situation um and so now there's not going to be the possibility of seeing Lesnar at WrestleMania. Uh, rumors were that there was supposed to be a match with him and Gunther, which would have been an amazing match. But uh, that due to the fact that he's involved and named in this um, situation has maybe caused some folks in creative put the pause on that. Uh, you know, I just I hope that it doesn't damage the product so that the fans can enjoy it. And I. I also want to say this, and this is just my humble opinion. You cannot take the WWE and blame it in its entirety. What I mean by that is I feel like you look at Harvey Weinstein. He's a horrible person, but I still enjoy the movies that Miramax put out. So I just don't want people, I hope people aren't going to do the knee-jerk reaction of, oh, well, the WWE, you know, is this evil corporation because of what happened and blah, 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 blah. We can't enjoy their 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 entertainment, their matches, their pay-per-views, et cetera, et cetera. I think that if you do that, I think you're being, I don't know, I think you're being, being a little bit silly. I think that you can certainly separate, you know, the artist from their art 
and say, hey, Vince Vince was a scumbag, but we still love the WWE. We're still going to watch it. We're still going to do that or that. And that's just my humble opinion. You can you could say that I'm wrong, but I feel like I hope that that doesn't happen. I hope it doesn't either, my friend, because, you know, the, the thing is, the spotlight should always be put on the performers themselves and the audience that watches it. And whatever uh, misgivings people have in regards to it, uh, the product right now, because of one individual, uh, should not take away from the absolute uh, hard work that the men and women of the mm-hmm. WWE provide for our entertainment. And that's something I think that gets lost in translation sometimes. I really think that people need to go ahead and focus in on what's going on with the WWE as a entity. And yeah, and right. not and not forget about all these individuals that work so hard for for our pleasure. Yeah, the ring crew that's putting up the ring and putting up the lights and the sound people and the pyro people and and the wrestlers and and the camera people and and the producers and everything. They they work incredibly hard. And I, I you said it much more succinctly than I did, Gerald. And I thank you for that because my my fear is that you know people start. Oh, we're not watching the WWE anymore. Well, you know, that might lead to some people having to take some uh, some time off or whatnot. And they all have families and whatnot. Agreed. And it's just something where, again, people need to go ahead and focus in on, on the positives. Yes. Uh, and let the courts take care of themselves. But if they want to follow it, absolutely. They have every right to and have mm-hmm. their opinions on it. But don't, uh, please don't stop watching the product or stop supporting the product because of one evil individual's uh, alleged actions in regards to that. And I'm hoping that people will not, uh, you know, ban the WWE from their TV in regards to what, what is going on. There was a culture that, that needs to be addressed. Uh, Devotion says uh, clean house are Vince's children still involved. They need to go to, you know, we we saw uh, Paul Levesque uh, at the press conference, and you know, we we've been giving him a lot of praise lately, John. But he gave an absolutely pissed poor answer yeah. in regards to the response to this, uh, you know, allegations. You know, you cannot tell me for a second he hasn't seen or heard the allegations, and he said he didn't. He claims he didn't, and he absolutely gave a terrible press conference. So I think it was a misstep on his part. And you got to ask yourself, even if it includes him. Uh, that maybe Ari Emanuel needs to reevaluate the company at the hierarchy at the top and and clean house because there are people out there that could go in tomorrow into the WWE and help run creative and help run the company to an effective amount. But yes, that culture has to end. And there's still a lot of, of uh, fallout, I think, that's yet to be made. And I think as this case continues, it will get uh, more prevalent as far as who knew, who didn't, and uh, the kind of fallout that they'll receive, John. Well, Gerald, I think I've said it on this show a while ago. You know, I found it really, really odd that Stephanie McMahon left in the way that she left. And I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying and making any accusations that she knew stuff, but that was just a little bit, little bit odd. And we haven't seen Shane in forever. So I mean, that, I and it's awkward, and I understand it's awkward for Triple H. It yeah, is your father-in-law. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but but I agree with you. The tri- Triple H did not give the he, you. 
I don't he was put in an awkward spot, but he should have also been prepped and ready. Yes, thank you. Event. Thank you. Exactly. You knew what was going to be asked. You should have had a response that would have satisfied the people that wanted a response and say what needed to be said, no matter what he personally feels or personally knew or whatnot. He needed a better answer. He should have been prepared for it. And he wasn't. I, I agree with you. I think it was the most lackluster, ridiculously benign answer to this whole situation you're listening to the pop culture cosmos for the latest news and information analysis and opinions on the los angeles lakers and the nba check out the lakers fast break podcast today on wherever you get your podcasts once again i'm on the air with John Orlando from the PVD cast. It's the state of pro wrestling for January, February. Truly appreciate you joining us. With that said, my friend, again, the Vince McMahon fallout will continue to be followed by us here at the state of pro wrestling over the course of the next weeks and months. If there's something that uh, happens in regards to this, that's out of our normal taping schedule. I will ask John if he could take out a time out of his month to come by on an extra episode or extra segment to go ahead and talk about that because i think it's just going to get stickier and uh, dirtier and uglier and uh more profound more distinct more explicit and uh, it's gonna wwe is gonna be dragged through the mud and deservedly so in this case my friend and it's you know somebody mentioned this the other day this is the first time in almost 60 years where there's not been a mcmahon involved in wwe which is mind blowing. It's it it it's it stinks that it has to have something that something so vulgar and vile had to happen for that to to become uh, to come to fruition. So it's going to be history making, whether it's good history or bad history. It's still going to be something that, as you said, we're going to follow, and I will gladly on if there's anything huge that happens, jump on here to. Uh, to talk about it, to share my opinion and whatnot. But let's turn our attention now to the actual, well, we can't even do that because guess what? Earlier in last week, the WWE, as I mentioned on my conversation with Don Fobbs, uh, signed, I said 500 million, it's 500 million per year, a $5 billion 10 year rights exclusivity for WWE Raw which could eventually in an, all with all the international uh, you know countries that are now being involved in this package starting in June uh, January January 2025 starting then uh, it's a 10 year 5 billion dollar deal could expand into having the WWE network PLE rights things of that nature that that Peacock now has once those rights come up this is a serious deal, my friend. This is a huge deal. It isn't the 1.4 times amount that the WWE was looking for as far as, you know, a year-by-year basis. But for me, the coverage, the availability, and the platform with right now Netflix at 260 million subscribers worldwide, that kind of platform makes it very, very interesting to see where the WWE can go next. 
Okay, and I know that we're done with the conversation of the McMahon situation, but well, we could talk more about it. Okay, yeah. we're just I, this is my thing. I want to know what happens with the Netflix deal if more allegations, more details come out. Does that put that deal on the back burner? Does Netflix say nope, nope, uh, uh-uh, uh, we're not interested? It's a good question. It depends on how TKO handles handles it because remember. There, the WWE is now no longer what it once was. It is now part of a umbrella of a corporation. So the key individual, as I remember, we remember last week when they signed the deal, they were we had they actually put Dwayne the Rock Johnson now on the board of directors. He got his full rights to his The Rock moniker in thirty million dollars in stock in order to go ahead and accept the role. Uh, you know your role, by the way. But uh, you know it's so funny because. And ironic that you know Vince McMahon and and uh, you know Tony Khan, not Tony Khan, Nick Khan, and and Ari Emanuel and Triple H and The Rock, they were all there at the ringing of the bell for you know Wall Street to announce this deal. It's up to Ari Emanuel. The all eyes are now focused on Ari Emanuel, and that is a good point that you made in regards to this ten-year, five billion-dollar deal, which Netflix can opt out as early as five, year five but can also extend it to 20 years just to let you know as well. But I want to say this, all eyes are now on how Ari Emanuel handles this going forward because more details will all will come out. You guarantee on stuff like this, that more stuff will, will come out and it's how Ari Emanuel and TKO on their end deal with it going forward. That is crucial for this, uh, again, this January starting date for Netflix. I believe all the pressure is now squarely on Ari Emanuel. Well, now, talking about the Netflix deal in itself, since I got that. Because he blew it by putting on Vince McMahon as a board after he, you know, they, Vince McMahon sold uh, WWE to him. Well, I mean, correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong. Didn't Ari Emanuel not do much when the, footage came out of dana white slapping his wife wasn't that something that was like please don't do that again and we moved on yes i mean where's dana white now he's still there he's still leading the ufc so right so i mean i don't want to be a negative nancy but again you talk about a pattern of behavior ari this is a pattern of behavior well all netflix has to do is one phone call saying we're not comfortable with this you better handle it you better handle it now and they they'll do it because it seems like with this deal not only was it great for the exposure but it also tells you that the net the wwe was not going to get a better deal from anyone else oh you know what i i never thought of it that from that angle because they were negotiating for a while with other outlets peacock and and, you know the other outlets fox what have you in regards to that because we all know now that smackdown was announced the previous month that's heading back to uh the usa network as far as it's concerned when that when the fox deal is up so you know warner brothers discovery all those individuals that they were negotiating with negotiating with obviously they didn't get a better deal than what they got with netflix yeah and we forgot about nxt's going to cw as well yes yes Uh, another change there um you know i think that for netflix and the wwe uh joining forces i think i think it's a win-win for both I think that, as you mentioned, you get the exposure for the WWE that might be better internationally. Um, well, much think, better internationally. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I think I think this is what I told a buddy of mine. I said, I, I feel like Netflix knows what they're doing. 
So they put that on, they put Raw on, on that, you know, the lowest tier. Mm-hmm. And you hook those wrestling fans to watching it. And before you know it, ah, we'll go up a tier. We'll go up a tier. It's well, the thing years. is that this is, this is a good starting point for them because it, yeah. they want to get, if they get into, they're just dipping their toe in the water even more than what they've done in regards to live programming. Uh, and they, they're, they're clear to tell you it's not live sports, it's live sports entertainment. So they're trying to differentiate the two, but this could lead to more of them wanting live programming, live sports, things of that nature down the road because they have the WWE on live 52 weeks a year. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I, I agree. And we've known for, for years now that Netflix wanted to be involved in live sports. They wanted to have a sports division. We know that. Um, it's been reported in various different outlets that they were interested in that. Um, I I feel like you're going to watch you're going to watch Netflix and you're going to watch Raw on Netflix if you're a, a hardcore fan of Raw. Um, I, I I will just give my humble opinion. I, I don't really watch Raw that much in its entirety anymore because it's three hours and it just seems like a marathon. I'm a SmackDown guy because I think that A, the product's a little bit better. And B, two hours on a Friday night is much more doable for me than three hours on a Monday night. That's just me. So to me, I'm not going to be really impacted because I can still watch SmackDown on USA. The question is, what about those folks, those uh, the, those folks that love Raw? They, they can't, they want to see those superstars. They want to see Seth Rollins and, and everybody that's over on that side of the brand, Becky Lynch and whatnot, is what happens with them? Um, are they just going to fork over the seven bucks a month uh, or, or $15 a month? Or is, what's the top tier? Is it like $22 or something? It's getting close to that, my friend. It's well above $16, $17 right now. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess that's what it all boils down to is your own personal preference. I, you know, I, I don't have Netflix. I had it, but I had to make some decisions. You know, when Disney Plus come out, I was like, well, I think I'm going to watch more Star Wars and, and Marvel stuff than I am going to watch stuff on Netflix. And I made Good, that man. Good man. Good <laughs> man. I made that choice because you have to. Otherwise... Otherwise, my, my point was I'm streaming to save money. And if I have all these streaming services I'm paying for, I might as well just get cable, you know? Yeah. And and so I don't know how that's going to impact some some wrestling fans, I guess. is basically my point that I was trying to make is it, it'll be interesting to see how fans react when this happens, if they like it or if they really, really, really despise it. We'll see, my friend, but 260 million subscribers as of their last uh, conference call on their, you know, as far as updates for shareholders out there is something people have to uh, remember. And I will tell you what right now, it's going to be very interesting to see exactly what's going on with this deal and how it plays out. But the the most interesting thing is, uh, I believe later this year, September, I think that it goes off the USA Network there's a gap between September and January. So where raw goes during that period of time is going to be very, very interesting, my friend. So your thoughts on that, as far as where you think it might go during that period of time, or will it stay on USA? Will they get a, like a little bump off as far as an extra slack on a few months before it heads over to Netflix? I was going to suggest they sign an extension you know, for a few more months to stay on USA. I think that makes the most logical sense. Um, 
But if if that peacock, when's the peacock deal up? And like I said, uh, the peacock deal. Oh, the peacock deal. I don't think it's up until twenty five or twenty six. Okay. Uh, in regards to that, it it is it's somewhere in the middle of the deal um, as far as that's concerned. But at some point, it will expire, and whether or not they just move all the content that's non SmackDown related to Netflix, uh, it would make sense if that was the case. That's just yeah. I, I would say if there's that gap, I I could see them doing raw from Peacock. Okay. You know? All right. All right. There you go. Well, we'll see what happens, my friend. But it is, of course, the WWE getting $500 million a year for 10 years. Although, again, Netflix has the right to go ahead and end it at five years and extend it all the way to 20. So it's a, right now listed as a 10-year, $5 billion deal for the WWE. Good money if you could get it. But, you know, again, it wasn't as much as they thought they were going to get. But I think that's where the marketplace is right now. And I think they should be happy that they've got it moving forward. But without that type of reach, who knows how the WWE can grow if utilized properly by Netflix. How much what? money have they have they made on TV rights recently? I mean, you got five million for Netflix. Five billion. Five billion. Five billion. I'm sorry. What did I say? Five million. Five billion. Yeah. Then then what did they get for, for SmackDown? Uh, they got again. It's not. It's something in that range of a slight increase, twenty about twenty to thirty percent increase of over what they were getting. They're they're in that range too, where it's going to be like you know, a four three four hundred million as far as that's concerned a year too. As far as it's, yeah, it's again, it's it's good money if you can get it for entertainment that people watch religiously on a regular basis, and definitely a, a good win for WWE in my opinion as well. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Don't touch that dial. Wait, do, do people still use dials? What is Planet Cool Stuff? It's your ultimate destination for insightful exploration from the realm of pop culture. Delve into the world of movies, video games, toys, cartoons, and visit with one-of-a-kind creators, discover incredible places, and see historical artifacts. Whether it's a toy room tour or exploring the best of pop culture cinema, Planet Cool Stuff has got you covered. Planet Cool Stuff, exclusively on Jinx Esports TV Canada. Okay. But once again, it is the state of pro wrestling with my tag team partner, John Orlando from the PVD cast. It's Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching this. truly appreciate it. My friend, let's get to some action in the ring. Okay. We a hour, half hour already talking about everything that's going on with the outside stuff let's get into the ring royal rumble happened this past weekend the road to wrestlemania 40 which is so weird because wrestlemania 1 was 1985 and i always have to get my brain right on 1980 because also this was also the 40th anniversary this month of hulkamania starting you know when he beat the iron cheek and i'm like wrestlemania 1 to 4 does it count it shouldn't 40 be in <laughs> 2025 my math is all bad but whatever it's road to wrestlemania 40 it has started with bailey and cody rhodes the winners and if you would have bet chalk out there they were the heavy favorites going into it your thoughts on the Royal Rumble matches themselves. Uh, we'll talk about the championship match as far as the Fatal 4-Way. Your thoughts, my friend, on the Royal Rumbles themselves and Bailey 
and Cody Rhodes getting to pick who they want to face off as champions at WrestleMania 40. Well, with Bailey, um, and I, I think that the women's Royal Rumble match, like the action itself was kind of boring and sloppy, but the surprises were really good. The storylines, the way they structured the story was 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 pretty good. Yeah, so I, I dug that. Um, you know, I I think that when it comes down to the women's division right now with WWE and looking at the two champions, um, I don't think they have anybody built. They don't have anybody ready to go. So Bailey, if by fault you're looking at somebody to challenge, and let's be honest, she's probably going to challenge Rhea Ripley according to the storyline. She's not going to challenge EO Sky. Uh, I think she's going to be challenging EO Sky. You do, because this is they're they've been teasing a breakup of Damage Control for some time. So even though the plan to everybody out there on paper that she's telling is facing off against Rhea Ripley. Something's going to happen here in the not too distant future that's going to give her reason to go ahead and challenge EO Sky because EO Sky does not have a natural opponent coming up for WrestleMania 40. So the breakup of damage control, which has been teased now seemingly forever, ultimately will take place, I think. And then Bailey will challenge EO Sky for the title at WrestleMania. See, I, I wasn't going that route. I just, I, really? I mean, I know that they've, they've teased the, the, the breakup, but I think that I just thought that damage control maybe had a little bit more gas Let's in the tank. It. Yeah, I thought they had a little more gas in the tank, but I could be wrong. But then you then you have to ask, then who do they pair Rhea Ripley with? Because there's nobody built for her. Yeah. And, and well, you cannot. I, I, that could be a Becky Lynch thing. You could throw Becky Lynch there and, and still get a an opportunity there with her or Jade Cargill. Well, see, and I think with her, it's too soon. I think with Jade Cargill, it's way too soon. Okay. I agree that, that I could agree with that, but I think Becky Lynch, you could throw it into that main event spotlight. Uh, Cause her deal with Nia Jax, as far as her feud with Nia Jax probably will come to an end uh, next month in Australia. Well, there, there's another name that I would not be a big fan of, but Nia Jax and Rhea Ripley. Yeah, that that's not going to bring you the kind of mm-hmm. kind of interest in, in I, it. Would be Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch is still thought of in in high terms, and she still does move the needle a little bit as far as the ratings are concerned. So I I would say her. I would say her is the the best option. But your thoughts, my friend? How did the Royal Rumbles men match go? I thought the uh, Royal Rumbles men match was pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. I felt my only gripe was, and and now we kind of know maybe this is why it was this way, but it seemed that punk and Cody, when it was just those two, they went way long. I just, I kind of started like going, I'm getting a little bit bored. Let's pick this up. Let's go. Let's go. Let's pick this up, pick up the pace. But again, now we know that the rumor is that CM Punk torn tricep. Yes. I was going to mention that here in just a second. Yep. Absolutely. So maybe, maybe that's why it was a more slow methodical, uh, ending because he was trying to push through. Um, look, I think Cody has to win the title at, at this point. That it, it, it just got to happen. It has to happen. He has to win this title. They have to end this storyline. And, you know, the question is, is Cody going to challenge Roman or is he going to challenge Seth? Um, 
Obviously, I hope, I, think, it's not, I hope it's not Seth because they've already done that already. I agree, and I think that if all the uh, reports are true, that knee is in pretty bad shape, and I think you they're going to have to be very smart in how they book Seth Rollins because, mm -hmm. you know. <laughs> I actually like the idea of CM Punk for Seth Rollins because they've been teasing it for a while since his run, and you can have torn triceps versus bad knee. So I, I shorten the match to about eight to 12 minutes. And there you go. They they're both coming in injured. I like that storyline there. It's legit. And it makes it more interesting to see if they could, they could go through a match together in two months. So uh, I don't know. That's just, that's just me. I, that's the way I'd book it right now, because you obviously want to put CM Punk in that, that type of spotlight. If he can go ahead out there in any way, shape or form against, Seth Rollins in any way, shape, or form. The match could be sponsored by Milton Bradley's Operation Game. <laughs> you know what? Well, you know what the match would be? It would be an ambulance match. Oh, oh. okay. <laughs> and 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 use and the use of crutches are are, are fully legal in that match. <laughs> so how about that? Okay. But the other match that was involved again. I, I like I. Cody Rhodes has to win. You're right. Yeah. Cody Rhodes, he cannot win the Royal Rumble twice and be stiffed two times in a row. I mm -hmm. don't know where this leaves The Rock versus Roman Reigns uh, at WrestleMania or wherever they plan to do it or whenever they plan to do it. You don't have The Rock come on, tease this head of the table thing, then actually become the table in real life as far as one of the directors of the company and, and not see this way through. I don't know when they're going to do it now. SummerSlam, perhaps, but I don't know. But Cody Rhodes, you know, you put him in the spotlight to win this match two times in a row. You cannot diss the fans two times in a row, John. Here's my thing. I, everybody's saying the rumors are Rock, Roman, SummerSlam. But, like, that's, that's fine. But th to me, in my mind, this is a mania match. Oh, this it has is. to happen at Mania. It can't happen at Survivor Series. It can't happen at SummerSlam. It sure as heck can't take place at Fastlane or any of those throwaway pay-per-views. It's got to be Mania. But I how do you get you. there? Uh, yeah, how do you get there from it's it's the end of January now? How are you going to get that to the to April what eighth, April sixth, seventh? Excuse me. How are you going to well, get? Well, the easiest way. Well, the easiest way to do it is because you know. WWE WrestleMania is a two-night event. You could do one match one night with Cody and one match the other night with The Rock if you really want to go ahead and do that. Or you could go ahead and have him lose to Cody sooner in Australia and then Cody defends the title against someone else with maybe Rock causing the loss to Roman Reigns. How about yeah. that? That that I I honestly my predictions on the PVD cast as I thought I thought Randy Orton was winning the four way as a way to get the belt off of Roman so that Rock and Roman could do their thing. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously that didn't happen and but that that was my thought. And sorry sorry I I know we are very pro LA Knight yeah on this yep. show. He was um, over. He was absolutely uh, over. And you'd have him do the fall. I thought that was monumentally stupid. But I agree. Yeah. You know, again, that was just something you just, it just shows how the little the WWE thinks of him over what the fans think of him. 
and just cannot. And he worked his butt off. He worked harder than almost anyone on that show, including in the Rumbles. And that's how you rewarded him. And to me, I thought that was a bad call. Styles is the one that not as many people care about. Sorry, AJ. You know, great career. Nobody cared about you as the fourth wheel. And I thought he should have done the fall. And 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 then you go from there. But I knew Roman Reigns was going to keep the title going in. I, I just was very confident of that. I just think if you want to go ahead and do The Rock and Roman, I agree with you. It should be at a WrestleMania. And look, I, I take nothing away from that fatal four-way because I was the one that that really poo-pooed that idea. I'm like, that's terrible. It should be Orton and, and Reigns and and AJ and and LA Knight. And but I gotta say, you're absolutely right. They worked hard, and that match was really good. Yeah, granted, it was really, they, really fun. Yeah, I mean, you know, I could look overlook the pin on on LA Knight because the match was so darn good, and and actually. So four ways usually don't work well. I usually don't like four ways. Yeah, this one worked really well. Yes, it did. And and even Logan Paul and Kevin Owens was a fantastic match. Give credit I, to Logan Paul. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And that ending. Oh my gosh, that was a that was a I still a can't believe I'm saying that. Yeah, a, that was like a throwback to the 1980s with yeah. the with the old brass knucks and the good guy, the baby face uses them and he gets DQ'd. Oh, it was fantastic. But now that leads us to what do we do for WrestleMania? <laughs> Agreed. So. Uh, I Again, I, I just said that the other day on, on the Lakers fast break, I would love to see a halftime heat. I'm not a big fan of the halftime shows, the Super Bowl. I would love to see a Logan Paul, Kevin Owens halftime heat match where the title changes hands and keeps that feud going. Because obviously those two work very well with each other and, I think that would be something that's outside of the box that would gain interest, but that's just me if I'm booking it. And the fact is, again, I'm not a big fan of the halftime shows during the Super Bowl. Whoever the artist is, doesn't matter to me. But yeah, I, I'm just that would be me as far as the mm-hmm. halftime heat is concerned. Bring that back. I think that would be super cool. Something that that a lot of people would gain interest in because it hasn't been done so long since The Rock and and Mankind did it. But We'll definitely look at as far as the WrestleMania 40 highlights. We'll get into our WrestleMania memories, uh, hopefully on the next show. Plus, we look ahead to what's going on with the actual WWE itself. But very interested to see what was going on. But yeah, your final thoughts, man, on Royal Rumble before we get to some other things in pro wrestling going on right now, my friend. I really like this Royal Rumble. I really did. I can't remember when I really, really liked a Royal Rumble. Uh, you know, like last year, I thought it was okay. The year before that, I thought it was okay. I thought it was a solid pay-per-view, PLE, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and I, th- I, there's even some matchups that I think that they teased that aren't going to be spotlight sh- uh, matches at Mania. But, I mean, how much do we now, uh, do, do you and I want to see Santos Escobar and Andrade like that at Mania would be awesome. Mm-hmm. Cargill and Bianca Belair that would be awesome. So they're manipulating and starting to kind of put some things in motion that I hope pans out into some great matches for Mania. Thanks for checking out the PCC, you know, the pop culture cosmos. We'll be back in one moment. If you're in the Las Vegas and Henderson areas and are looking to buy, sell, or trade the best in classic or current video games and pop culture collectibles, 
there's no better place to go than Retro City Games. From Xbox to PlayStation, Nintendo to Atari, the great crew at Retro City Games provides the best place to go for all your gaming options. Stop by their two awesome locations in Henderson and also the Las Vegas Strip, or follow Retro City Games on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest deals and new items. Without a doubt, there's no better place to go for your gaming needs than your friends at Retro City Games. Once again, it is John Orlando from the PVD cast, along with me, Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching this thing. Truly appreciate it. It's the state of pro wrestling for January and February. I'm still sad that there was so much news out there, John. We unfortunately cannot cut our promos. <laughs> as the tag team unit that we are unfortunately at this point in time but we're gonna have to say that for another day it will happen oh yes it will it will happen indeed but before we head on out my friend i want to go ahead and talk a little bit about some other things that are going on in pro wrestling uh, let's talk about aew aew uh, you know on saturday night they had their show i mean just a I'm, I'm concerned, my friend. Yes, they do have a great advance for the next all-in show in London. That's absolutely fantastic. Kudos to them. But here in the States, they're struggling, my friend. It's so weird the disconnect that people have as far as the TV product to the live product itself. The TV product still gets around 850,000 to a million uh, viewers for its Wednesday Dynamite show. Its other two shows are still struggling mightily you know, under 500,000 as far as people watch the Friday and Saturday shows. But when it comes right down to it, the live shows, we've been hearing reports of live shows, dynamite shows, their main shows only getting 1,500, 2,000 people in advance ticket sales. And that's something where a lot of people have concerned with. Your thoughts, my friend, about the disconnect between who is actually watching AEW to actually going to see AEW and the product itself right now, because I do have some concerns about it at this point in time. I have a lot of concerns too. May I present a way to fix one of the problems? If you're only getting 2000 or 2,500 people to come to a dynamite taping, find a building that holds that. Stop okay. going to 18,000 seat arenas because it looks bad on TV. It looks terrible. I, I just think that AEW, the shine has come off in a lot of ways. Uh, you know, no fault of Samoa Joe, you know, respected champion or whatnot, but he's not a big enough draw as far as to get people in the seats, apparently. It seems to me with the losses of CM Punk and some other individuals from that company, and Adam Copeland, a.k.a. Edge, has not been the name, the big name they've hoped to, to fill re that slot that CM Punk had. It just seems like, uh, you know, that AEW is uh, in dire need of something, but I'm not quite sure what that is. Well, I can tell you another thing that might fix this is if you had consistent booking that made sense. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, we've talked about that and talked about it and talked about it on this show, Gerald. How many storylines they start and stop and then come back to it and then this person's a heel. Then the next week, this person's a baby face. And I hate to see AEW go under because of all the talented people that they have, you know, behind the scenes and, you know, of course, you know, in the ring. Mm -hmm. 
look, the ECW arena held 1,500 people, and it, it was a dump, but it was it was compact, it was rowdy, it was it was enthusiastic. Find an arena. There's plenty of small colleges you can go to that have an arena that's you know sits you know 4,000 or whatever. Ultimately, it's not about the package around the ring. You know what? How big the Titantron is, or how big the rampway is, or how big the stage is that they come out to. It's about what the product is inside mm-hmm. the ring. Mm-hmm. ultimately is what you should care about the most and it seems like you're right that they're willing to sacrifice huge amounts of money paying for those large buildings and not being able to even paper half of it in order to go ahead and still have that ambiance that they're a huge company i just think it's in their best interest to go ahead and structure themselves like you said a little bit smaller in order to go ahead and be able to I guess not not just survive, but thrive. I mean, there's a deal coming up that they have to renew with Warner Brothers or whoever that they go to next. And regards to that, it seems like it will be Warner Brothers that they renew their contracts with because the fact is that, you know, WWE has gone in a different route. So we'll see what happens. But if they lose the Warner Brothers contract for some reason, if Warner Brothers says they don't, they want no more of AEW, that will be a very telling sign indeed, my friend, despite the fact that they're doing so well still overseas in like the london area where it looks like they're going to have another big huge uh, audience later this year for all in at what point does shad Khan say hey son enough is enough well you saw it last with dixie carter and you know how long did that last with you know that's MC? true that lasted <laughs> that's quite true. a while and they <laughs> were hemorrhaging a lot of money there so yeah that's i still say at least another year at least I know when I talked about a company going under, this was not the one I don't think will go under this year. Uh, this one, I think, has still got some life left in it. And you know what? It's going to take the right amount of moves. But if they lose MJF, that would be a telling sign indeed. Mm-hmm. Yes. That would be two major stars that you've lost. CM yeah. Punk, MJF, on top of all the others. Jade Cargill, let's be honest. And you know what? Just real quickly, she looked better in the ring at the Royal Rumble than she ever did on AEW television. Well, that's, I think you got to credit Triple H and, and Shawn Michaels yeah. for that because they didn't rush her out to the ring. People were very angry that she wasn't, you know, when they when you showed that you had her in the WWE and you did not put her out in the ring right away, they said, you know, Triple H actually said in interviews that she was not up to WWE's level as far as work rate in the ring, that she needed to work on that at the Performance Center. And like you said, it's a much more polished product Mm -hmm. in the ring that you saw, even though it was a very sloppy Royal Rumble overall for the women's side, it was still her performance was very admirable and it made her look like a star. And that's exactly what you want. So kudos for not rushing her into the ring three months ago and setting her up for failure in this way. It looks like they're setting her up for success. Yes. Agreed. A hundred percent. And, you know, the, just the little bit of the icing on the cake, you said they, they made her out to be a star at the Royal Rumble. Give credit to Corey Graves, Michael Cole, and Pat McAfee, because they did a fantastic job. Well, not Pat McAfee. He didn't have any clue what he was doing. Well. He had forgotten about all the, you know, the the bylines and the feuds and things of that nature as far as what's going on. He, he looked like a deer caught in the headlights with his commentary. Maybe, but well, that was part of, that was interesting to some. I'll just leave it at that. 
Yeah, but I think that they did a great job of making Jade Cargill appear bigger than life. Yes, you know, so agreed. you got I, I don't give credit to Michael Cole very often, but I'll give him credit on that. You're one. gonna have to because he's now the only announcer that they have because they got rid of Kevin Patrick. Uh, yeah, you know, which, <laughs> I, 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 I can't fault them for getting rid of. Yeah, <laughs> I, I can't fault them either. It wasn't a good match, but need I digress on that? But before we head on out, my friend, I just want to go ahead and mention uh, that there's some free agents out there that are of interest. I think to people out there where they will sign. As of this recording, we have not heard yet or finalized uh, what's gone on with Kazushka Okada, one of the best in-ring workers on the planet for the past 10 years. Uh, He has been with New Japan for quite some time, but is finishing up his dates in Japan and is believed to be deciding uh, on a deal between AEW and the WWE. And then Mercedes Monet, who has been rumored to have turned down a deal to come back to the WWE, is still not yet on AEW television. But with Vince McMahon gone and out of the picture, Mercedes Monet may have new interest in going back to WWE because the way she left out was a personal issue between her and Vince McMahon, especially the way Vince McMahon handled her and Naomi leaving. Naomi is back now with the mm-hmm. WWE. Credit for making her look good in the hour there. And also credit the WWE for TNA champion Jordan Grace yeah. also being in there and looking good. They didn't make her look like a stiff and get her eliminated in five seconds. They actually made her look really good and credit the WWE for that. But your thoughts on the two big free agents. I know Will Ospreay, I was hoping he would sign with WWE because I thought that would have been a better platform for him. But I can understand, especially with London's All In, right where he's from, why he signed with AEW. So I give him credit for that. And I'm hoping that they will use his talents to the fullest as one of the best workers on the planet. But Kazushika Okada and Mercedes Monet, they're the two big free agents right now in pro wrestling. Where do you think they end up? I thought Okada was going to make an appearance at the Royal Rumble. I really Really? did. I did. I thought midway through like the 14, 15, 16, somewhere in that spot, we would have the 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 lights the 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 money the rainmaker gimmick I really did I really was like that's the surprise um, and that didn't happen so it, it does leave me curious as to where uh, Okada shows up I, I he still has dates running through February in Japan just to let you know correct correct um I, I think he's going to the WWE I really do I feel like for him to give up on a New Japan. And I shouldn't say give up, but for him to take a break from New Japan, I think he's got to make a he's got to go to the the big company. He has to go there. I mean, he was the heart and soul of of New Japan for many many years. I think he's got to go there. Now the question is, do they agree to just bring him right to the main roster, or is he going to have to go to NXT? Oh no, he'll go to the main roster. He, he, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that he would have to go to the main roster. Nakamura didn't. I don't believe did NXT. If I don't remember, if I remember. Uh, he spent some time in NXT because he was oh, an NXT okay. champ. Okay. Oh, no. Then there you go. I stand corrected. So we'll see. But I I don't think that would be the case. I think it would be an AJ Styles situation where he immediately comes to the main roster, and and there you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mercedes Monet is now different. I think with Vince McMahon resigning, I still think you should not put it out of consideration that she would sign back with wwe i know that her injury she's uh pretty much fully healed from uh and we've seen her in uh, actually watching the 
the TNA people uh, in Las Vegas recently with Bailey while she was uh, behind the scenes there. But yeah, I definitely think that uh, sh you should not count out the WWE with Mercedes Monet. Now that Vince McMahon and, you know, a person she has, I'm assuming from what we've seen, a personal issue with, uh, no longer there. Uh, I agree. I don't, I don't see her going to AEW. Uh, I think that, uh, she, again, I think, I think Mercedes is pretty smart in realizing that things are maybe not as good over AEW. And, and again, we go back to that, to what we just talked about. Their problems. Would you go to AEW? Only if, if I, uh, right now, if I had to, I mean, cause the money's still good. The dates are still good for, for AEW, but Again, uh, you know you're on a product that possibly could be a sinking ship. How slow or how fast is dependent exactly on, on the booking going forward. So yeah. we'll see what happens there. We also forgot Julia. Yes. Yeah, I, well, I just assumed she was going, like, again, we talked about on the last yeah, one where right. she's headed to W. But you're right. She's still out there as a major free agent uh, and could go either location but the sports are still that she, as soon as she finishes up with stardom that she'll go to the wwe mm -hmm. as well so there's there's a lot of talent out there uh that even we didn't mention you know people yeah. that are in the indies that are really lighting it up and working hard and deserve a shot as well well so we may have to talk about that on the next episode my okay friend. we may have to do that all right you got but it but before we head on out my friend you got to go ahead and give us the pitch the pitch for the pbd cast what's coming up there my friend well, the PVD cast is available uh, at pvdcast.com or through all of those major podcasting outlets. Uh, this particular episode that's right up right now is kind of the preview for the Royal Rumble that I did with my pro wrestling pundits. But rest assured, here tomorrow, we're recording our recap, our review of the Royal Rumble. So you'll have all three of us sitting down and seeing if our predictions were correct or not correct, seeing what storylines we enjoyed. Um, and, uh, you know, hopefully probably just touching base on the bad news. Cause, uh, uh you know, we've already done that here. <laughs> I don't know if I want to do it again, to be honest. <laughs> I, unfortunately you, as I, you and I both know that there's been a lot of bad, why is dark side of the ring so popular and in be debuting season five? Because there's so much bad that has happened that's in pro wrestling. Indeed. That's but true. Please, but Yes, my friend. But no, no, nonetheless, check it out. If you there's plenty of wrestling related uh, episodes in the archives, check them out again. PVDcast.com or wherever you find great podcasts. It is John Orlando from the PVD Cast. It is Gerald Glasser from Pop Culture Cosmos, Lakers Fast Break, and Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Thank you so much for checking us out here, John. We still have a promo together. We need to do sometime <laughs> this year, and we will plan for it. But any last thoughts, my friend, before we head on out? The road um, to WrestleMania begins. Yeah, the road to WrestleMania begins. And, you know, hey, folks, if you love wrestling, keep loving wrestling. You know, whether whether it's dark times or whether it's good times, whether it's bad times, whether it's hard times, if you will, Dusty Rhodes, uh, keep enjoying wrestling. All right. The one I think is most affected by this is Bill Simmons with his Vince McMahon documentary. I think that has to change because it was supposed to be scheduled, I believe, this year. That looks like it's I going forgot. to have to be altered once again i totally forgot about that i really did until yep. you just mentioned it well again that documentary will seem like uh it's incomplete without adding this chapter to it as well but for john orlando it is gerald glassford thanks again for watching and listening it is the state of pro wrestling next time we're here unless vince mcmahon's uh case gets a little uh more 
interesting and uh, more descriptive. Otherwise, I will see Mr. John later in February because we will be having another state of progressing the fallout from the Elimination Chamber and the setup for WrestleMania will continue right there. Plus, whatever goes on in the world of pro wrestling, you know we're covering it right here in the state of pro wrestling as part of what we do each and every time at the Pop Culture Council.